So let's get started. So some of you may know me from the BCM. I was there eight years. So I was there um, starting in 2015. And then um, I just left in August. And um, just to get it out of the way, like I left because there was like some family things going on. My oldest son has some mental health issues. So I just um, needed to step away and have more time at home. But I do get to hang out with some of my students. I haven't seen Melanie in a while, but maybe we can get coffee soon. Um, but um, I do get to hang out with students still just in a different way, just not full time. And so, but while I was on campus, I noticed that um, for the eight years that I was there that you guys are going through a lot, right? anybody going through a lot <laughs> shake your head yeah amen yeah um like i will tell you this next month november will mark one year since basically the hardest year of my life like this has been the most difficult or like i would say trying time of my life this year um but i say all of that knowing that each of you also have your own things going on too and um I just, the words that came to mind when I started thinking about things that y'all experience in college was loss. A lot of you guys experience loss of some sort as a young adult or in college. Um, confusion. Um, there's a lot of confusion on the college campus and even just in young adulthood. And the other word, or I guess it's two words, heartbreak. Is that one word or two words? Somebody tell me. Okay, cool. Heartbreak. Perfect. I, I wrote it with two words, you know, but that y'all can't see my notes. Praise the Lord. Okay. That, yes. Are you an English major? I am. I love it. I also like your sweater. Um, this is why I can't be recorded because he's never going to know when to start it. He's like, when do I start it? This is bad. Um, maybe when I pray. Um, but anyway, so um, loss, confusion, and heartbreak is kind of the three things I'm like, y'all, those are some of the hardest things that y'all experience in your young adulthood. And I'm sure y'all could probably list more, but, but I do, I just, I think about the many conversations I've had in my office and how difficult um, this stage of life is for you guys. And so I was just, I don't know, I was just like, okay, Lord, um, he's been teaching me. The Lord has been teaching me so much lately. And I was like, what do you want me to talk to them about? You know, what wisdom, you know, can I bring? And I think, I just want to talk about, um, I don't know if it's, oh, there it is. Yep. God's unchanging faithfulness. And the scripture I'm going to use tonight is in Ephesians 1. And it might not be your typical um, scripture you would use for showing, you know, the faithfulness of God. But I think it, I think it talks a lot about um, what God does in our lives um, when he, when he comes into our life. And I think it, it shows um, his faithfulness. And so we're going to talk about that. Um, yeah. So if you're in heart season, just know I'm coming from that same place and that, um, he's still faithful in the midst of that. And also just to, um, be even more relatable. I fell off my front porch this morning, tripped over a little bitty pumpkin. And I was like, I just feel like this is a moment I need to share with you guys. So if you ever just are on campus and you know, some of you guys like, does any of y'all skateboard like or scooter? I saw that I, electric lived, scooter. in front of the, the little what, yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen like a wipeout? You've seen a wipeout. It's so bad. Like I will have a student and they'll be like brand new. And then the next week I'm like, I don't even recognize you because your face, it, their face just gets so messed up. I mean, cause they just like fall. And I'm like, I don't know what the deal is with skateboarding. But anyways, I could never skateboard because I can't even walk on my own front porch. I tripped on a pumpkin this big. And just to add to my pain, my four-year-old cried because I broke the stem. 
on the pumpkin. <laughs> and I said, don't cry. Your mom almost died. It's on recording. It's on like a, a like a um, video. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it will stay. It will remain as like a, um, yes, a memorial of the day I skinned my knees as a, as a 31 year old. Yeah. Um, anyway, so um, I'm revealing so much about myself, but okay. So um, I'm going to pray. And then I really want to um, just kind of teach, but also have a discussion tonight. I want you guys to give me some feedback and just some thoughts and, and things like that. Okay. Uh, God, thank you so much for today and just for um, what you've, you've already done in this place tonight, God, and just um, for moving in, in worship and um, God, just in the testimonies of the young adults in the room, God, just I praise you for their faithfulness to share with their friends and um, God, just for their boldness. Um, Lord, I pray that um, that boldness be infectious to the rest of the congregation, God, and that we see a great revival um, because of the young adults in this room, Lord. Um, so I just pray for our time. I pray that you be with us as we read your word and glean from it what you would have us glean, God. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So with that being said, let me look for my time. Okay. Okay. So, Okay, um, so, um, yeah, so God has been super faithful to me this year, even though it's been difficult, right? But I think sometimes in the midst of difficulty, I don't know about you guys, but like when something happens, when something comes up and it's it's um, a problem or, or something's going on in my life, I try to like scenario out all the possible things <laughs> that could, like ways in which God could come through in those moments. Like I try to like, almost like a positive poly type situation. Like, okay, well, this is how God could show a breakthrough. This is how, this is how it could work out. Does anybody else do that? I don't know. You try to, try to make it better, <laughs> make your situation better by figuring out like how God could move in it. Um, what'd you say? No. <laughs> She's like, I'm not talking. Okay. Okay. Well, well, you know, sometimes there's literally, you can see no way out. Has that ever happened? Where you're like, I, I cannot see how there is a solution to this. Like, at all. Like, if it's a loss, it's a loss. Like, you know, um, how can God be faithful in, in this loss or this confusion um, for me or this heartbreak? It just seems so overwhelming that you can't see a way out. And I think that's really where faith steps in. This word faith and faithful kind of gets thrown in with the words hope and love and live, laugh, love and all the signs. What is another word? Peace, you know, it kind of gets all thrown together. So I kind of just wanted to dissect it a little bit and and talk about what's what's the definition of faithfulness so i googled it and 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 it says on google that the definition of faithful is the fact or the quality of being true to one's word or commitments so in relation to god um what is the definition of god's faithfulness anybody have any guesses commitment to his covenant Anything else? Unchanging, yes. Commitment to all of his promises to us, right? And so um, God's faithfulness is unchanging. We're going to talk about why is that, that it's literally impossible for God's faithfulness to change, and what is that rooted in? Um, yeah, so no matter how difficult circumstances are, we know that God is faithful. But what does that mean practically to us? That's really difficult to say. Um yeah, so I think about um, 
times in my life where I'm like, if I were to be a part of this like Bible story, I would never doubt God again. Like what's one of those Bible stories where you're like, if I, if that happened to me, I would never doubt God again. Job. Okay. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I might doubt God. No one. Israel. Exactly. Exactly. I think specifically of the Red Sea. Sarah. Yes. Jonah. Yeah. The big whale fish thing. Um, so <laughs> no, I remember when I learned that might not have been a whale when they're like, it was just a big fish. And I'm like, what? Anyways, it could be, I don't know, whatever. Um, anyways, um, I think about, I think about um, parting the Red Sea because literally, okay, you get to the sea and there's literally nowhere to go. So we're talking about those scenarios in which we can't see a way God can make a way. Like that's, that's what I think of because he literally made a path or there wasn't one. Okay. Boom. And then another one I think about is like Daniel in the lion's den. Right. And so like, if I was in lion's den and didn't get eaten, I'd be like, I would never doubt God again. But do you think that's true? Because in the Israelites, they in fact did doubt God again. Right. Repeatedly. Yes. Okay. So I think, I think the point I'm trying to make here is no matter how faithful he's been in history, it's, it's kind of our human nature to, to doubt him. And, and so then we, so then what do we do? Right. But I think, um, sometimes we think, well, I haven't had that parting sea experience or I haven't had that, um, lion's den experience, but what we have had is salvation and that that's a miracle in itself. Um, cause salvation is going from death to life. So if you're a Christian in here, you've experienced a literal miracle. And I would probably say that at that time of your conversion, when you became a believer, you might have even said, nothing can make me doubt God in those moments, like mountaintop experience. Right. And, and then as time goes on, it, it's more difficult because we live in this world. Um, and so anyways, that's what I kind of want to talk about. I want to talk about his faithfulness in our salvation and um, what all that means. Um, yeah. So, but first, I want to talk about something that you said, unchanging. You said God's faithfulness is unchanging. And why is it that God's faithfulness is unchanging? Like, what is his faithfulness rooted in? Is it rooted in people or man? Himself. It's rooted in his, what do they call it? His godness. <laughs> um, it that's pretty wild, but like we know it's rooted in his godness because of the word. So in second Timothy, um, it says if we are faithless, he is still faithful because he can't deny himself. So it's pretty wild to think about, but we can't really fathom all of God's faithfulness because of it being rooted in his godness and it is unchanging. And so anyways, um, so we grow in our understanding of God's faithfulness by acknowledging what he has done in us, around us, and even before us. So we look back at scripture and we say, wow, that's incredible. But sometimes that doesn't stick, right? Like sometimes it's like, okay, well, I need something that's a couple thousand years ahead of that, you know, or something. Um, but we also can see um, God's faithfulness in people around us. Does that ever happen? We're like, oh, I, like, I bet everybody has a story probably of a friend or a family member that, um, man, God just like pulled off this huge miraculous thing in their life. And God's just been so faithful. Um, but then God also 
shows us his faithfulness in us, okay? So um, let's look at Ephesians 1 together, and we're going to start in verse 1. We're not going to read all the way through Ephesians 1. We're going to just read in 2 um, until chap uh, verse 14, okay? So just half of a chapter, but it's it's rich. This whole um, first chapter is rich. And I also want to say this. There are some, like, wordage in here, right, that can sometimes be um, debated on or, like, um, kind of based off like a secondary issue. We're not we're not getting into um, those like type of things tonight. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna share with you where I stand on, you know, particular secondary issues. What I'm gonna do instead is just read the scripture and say I believe scripture. I believe what scripture says here and I believe scripture throughout the Bible. And so we're just gonna read it as it is written. And um, so just don't get too caught up in that because I know I can sometimes get caught up in that when especially when I was um, in college. So just just try not to do that um, and just hear it for yourself. So Ephesians 1, um, 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will to the faithful saints in Christ Jesus at Ephesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, we're going to read all the way through to 14. Blessed is the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ for he chose us in him before the foundations of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him he predestined us to adopted to be adopted as sons through jesus christ for himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of his glorious grace he lavished on us in the beloved one in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he purposed in christ i know it's a lot we're almost done okay verse 10 as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in christ both things in heaven and things on earth in him in him we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will so that we who have already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. In him you were also sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. Woo! That's a lot. Is that a lot? Is anybody confused? Everybody's like, whoa, that's a lot. Let's just talk really quick about... Um, the book of Ephesians and who wrote it? Who wrote Ephesians? Anybody know? Run on sentence guy. Yeah, Paul. Mm -hmm. And um, some pretty sketchy things had happened, um, you know, in this area. Um, so this is like Asia Minor. And some things that had happened was um, <laughs> lots of pagan god worship happening. Um, and it still it still was happening when Paul wrote um, this letter. But Paul had visited this area previously and done like a two and a half, three year missionary journey, I think. And so what's really cool about it is Paul knew this area and really had a heart for this area and felt, um, you know, like he needed to encourage this church. OK, and so he was in jail when he wrote this, but he knew thousands of people were experiencing coming to know Christ for the first time. And he also knew there was pressure from people who were worshiping other gods. Right. And so he really wrote this book as an encouragement to the saints. And so the very first thing I want to say is that in. Um, in chapter one, verse one, um, it calls us faithful saints. Okay, yes, he was writing it to the church of Ephesus, but 
it calls the church faithful saints. I think this is kind of like weird language for us. Like, I don't do. Is anybody ever introduced themselves as a saint? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm, you are. Um, if you um, are in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, like you are a saint in Him, right? So, um, people that are saints that He's talking to are people who just came to know Christ, and also people who had known Christ for a little while, right? And so. People that come to know Christ immediately receive that faithful um, faithful saint status, which is pretty wild. So the word, and I promise I'm not going to do this throughout all of this, but um, the word faithful in this regard is also used in another passage in 1 Timothy 1.15, and it says it's translated trustworthy there. So God found um, you trustworthy to be a saint in his kingdom pretty incredible. I don't know. I don't always feel like maybe I live up to that title. And and you know what? That title isn't something to to brag about, right? Like that title's not something to go around, but you see that there there are some people that that talk about their sainthood as almost like a, a bragging right or say that they're saints so um they um don't mess up anymore. Have y'all ever heard that? Like, you know, people who don't believe they sin anymore. Okay, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. We all fall short still. Um okay, but um but, you know, a sainthood is something that we kind of live up to, okay? It's not something you have to, like, um, earn your salvation or anything like that. But I'm just saying, like, sainthood is something that should be treasured and that we should live up to, not something that's like a, a bragging right, per se. And I think that's important to remember because the next verses talk about how we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. When will we reap all those spiritual blessings? Do we reap them now? No, right? We reap them in eternity with the Lord, right? We talk a lot about inheritance in this. And so, but do we have some blessings now? Yeah, for sure. Like God blesses us all the time. So sometimes we wonder, um, why doesn't God bless us with certain things? So sometimes I wonder like, why God not bless me with like a good voice to sing? Like I would love to be like worship leader. I think that's so awesome. You know, I used to record myself on like my answering machine when I was younger and try to listen to myself sing. I was really bad at it. They wouldn't even let me in the second grade um, thing. The, what is it called? Talent show? I'm dead serious. Dead serious. <laughs> they said it was a song choice, but it was Faith Hill. It was a So, I mean, seriously, sometimes we wonder, like, why didn't God bless us with certain giftings? That's not really what we should worry about at all, right? Like, he's blessed you with everything you need. But sometimes we want other things, but he's blessed us with everything we need in him, okay? So, um, let's see. The next part, let's talk about this, this chosen word. This is where it gets kind of like, oh, scary for some people, but it says we're chosen. Um, man, like, have you ever thought about that? Like the fact that, that God says he chose us in his word. Um, we talk about God's faithfulness. Sometimes, um, we feel like we don't deserve that. And of course we we really don't. Right. But it says he chose us. And so he's going to be faithful to us. And so sometimes, um, we think about how God shares his faithfulness with us. Um, through salvation, we we get really perplexed about. Well, we're not we're not um, we're not good enough for that, right? But it says He chose us, anyways, despite that. And this was super important for for this chapter because or this book because in this time, 
Um, who were the people in the church? Were they all Jews? You're talking about Jewish people, you know? Right, they were also Gentiles um, in this church. And so some, some Jewish people or some really religious people back then thought that um, this was kind of God's plan B. They thought, oh, we didn't do too good, so God had to go with the plan B. But actually what it says, what does it say um, here about being chosen? It says, for he chose us in him before what? Before creation. We were never a plan B. What? That's wild, right? We were never a plan B. Um, so you belong to him um, no matter if your ethnicity, no matter if you were Jewish or not. Um, and so that's important to know that um, he chose you before the beginning of time. And um, so anyways, um, next thing we're going to talk about is sonship. I promise I'm going to give you guys kind of some points and stuff towards the end, but I think it's important kind of just to hit on some of these things. Um, so sonship, people are like, okay, sonship and daughtership. <laughs> no, actually just sonship. Okay. So whenever, um, whenever back in the day when people used to have inheritances, has anybody gotten an inheritance in here ever like from somebody? Yeah, that's awesome. Right. That's fun. That doesn't always happen these days, but way back when that was, always typically the case, right? If you had any possessions, who got the inheritance? The eldest son. How many sons does God have? <laughs> Technically, no, we're talking about. So he has um, Jesus, right? Only begotten son. And so we, when we are saved, um, we get sonship, even as daughters. Got a wild right? We get the same inheritance. Incredible. Um, God is so faithful to us in that he didn't give us these, have y'all ever heard of religious beliefs that kind of have layers, right? These people get this and these people get this. And these people, is that how it works here? Is that how it works in Christianity? No, we all have the same inheritance with the Father. Yeah. And so, and so we were all given sonship, okay? So the next part talks about redemption through his blood and forgiveness of trespasses and grace poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. The thing I want to talk about here is, um, you know, grace isn't, when we think about grace these days, sometimes it's like, oh, well, I'm going to show you grace. And it's kind of like, um, do you want to show that person grace? It's kind of like a feeling. Like I'm feeling graceful today, right? Like, I don't know if you like work at a certain place, sometimes you have to have a lot of grace for people. <laughs> yeah, so I'm feeling graceful today. That's that's not the way it works with God. You know, grace for him isn't a, isn't a feeling. And it and it talks specifically about this. Um he poured out grace on us with all of his wisdom, knowing everything that we were going to do, knowing the way in which the world was going to take, knowing how I mean, there's some horrible things happening right now, right? Some very stressful out external things, factors, wars happening, and um, God, knowing all of that, still chose to pour his grace out on his church. And just that's really, really incredible, right? And so, all right, so here we're at the end um, of kind of my little points with the scripture, and I want to talk about this. This is my favorite part, okay? Um, okay, it says that we were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, okay, in chapter, I mean, sorry, in verse 13, okay? when you heard the word of truth. Okay, this is just so crazy. Okay, does anybody know like the history of like a seal on like a document and like what that meant? 
exactly. So a seal kind of is a metaphor, meaning that um, the contents of the document are under a protected power of the king or whoever it was, and then meaning that ultimately the seal on that belonged to him, belonged to the protected power, okay? So who who makes our seal? God, right? Okay, it says we're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So who can remove who can remove that seal? No one, because he has the power of that. And I just that's just my favorite part. Okay, so um <laughs> so okay, it says here in my little notes, it says, God has unchanging faithfulness to us in all of these things that we just discussed, okay? And so, and that's just half of one chapter. Okay. And so all of these things come when we become a believer. So our faithfulness should be um, in the fact that um, our, our belief of God's faithfulness should be in the fact that we are believers and he has been faithful to us to save us. That alone should give us faith. But I know that it's still difficult to have faith despite um, that. So assurance um, of your salvation can help you understand the faithfulness of God, okay? I'm not here for you guys to get like re-saved. Please hear me say that. But what does this chapter talk about in regard to assurance? Going back to the very, very beginning. Talks about how we're faithful saints, right? So truly, we still mess up and we still sin, but... He still finds us as trustworthy saints, despite those things. And so then you're a faithful saint that's given every spiritual blessing and you were chosen before the foundation of time. And so that that is your assurance. Like there's no one that can rewrite that for you. There's no one that can rewrite that. So I think one thing that sometimes hangs us up on if God can be faithful to us or not is that doubt we have of our own salvation and whether or not um, that that really happened when we were six years old or, you know, some of us were saved very young. I remember I was saved when I was seven the first time, but it really wasn't a salvation experience for me. Um, I tell people this all the time, but I actually thought God was a woman um, because, let me tell you why, okay? He's definitely not going to put me on there now. But um, no, because um, this woman would come around and take up the offering. They would always say, give your money to Jesus. And so I thought, I thought I was giving my money to Jesus. I thought that, and so I really believed in her because she was real, right? And she was right there taking up my money. But that was not Jesus, was it? And that was me when I was seven. Now, some of you, now some of you really knew who Jesus was when you were seven. Okay, I'm not doubting that for you. But sometimes we have to go back and we have to remember that God said, when we come into a relationship with him, no one can take that from us and that you're sealed with his promise. And so sometimes I think our faith, our lack of faithfulness comes, or our lack of belief of God's faithfulness, sorry, comes from, you know, our lack of belief in our salvation. So sometimes that's just it, plain and simple. And I'm telling you today that if God has drawn you to him and you have accepted him as the Lord of your life, that you can be assured of your salvation. It says it in the scripture. And so I think sometimes that can be a hang up, right? Um, now, sometimes um, we need a little something else to help us remember God's faithfulness. So I think sometimes we're not very 
willing to believe God's faithfulness because we're focused on something other than our biblical destiny, right? Our biblical destiny in this scripture was that we have what with God? We have sonship with God, right? That That is our destiny. Sometimes we make this very mysterious thing out of God's will. Anybody ever just like stay up at night? Like, what is God's will for my life? It's very... It's, it can be very daunting uh, to think about these big decisions of your majors. And I know some of you guys have changed your majors and all of those things. But um, it says that our the will for God's for us is to be under God's sonship. So literally our destiny is to follow him. Like that's it, plain and simple. But we can be really focused on things like losing our future career or... Um, flunking out of school or losing a relationship or an opportunity, like a job opportunity. Um, so what if God were to today take your, you know, major away? Like that just wasn't something, you know, I don't know. I know some nursing majors that A&P, it's just not, can't do it. They just can't get through it. And they're just devastated. And I'm like, but what if God can still work in your life? Would that just be devastating if you took your major? Would that be hard? Okay. It, pro- it probably would be hard, but would everything still be okay? Would God still be faithful, right? Um, what do you think's become in our life if we're so devastated that we can't function when we lose it? Like, what, what, like, I'm not even talking about like a loss of life, but I'm talking about like if something gets taken from us, right, and we are just devastated by it. Sometimes that thing was a what in our life? An idol. I think so. I think, you know, I used to have an idol of straight A's. Is anybody like a straight A student? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Because when I got my first B in college, it was bad, y'all. Okay? Like, for real. I thought that was, like, really, really bad. And um, it devastated me in a very embarrassing way. I mean, like, I was literally devastated for weeks. Now, please hear me say if you have that issue. It's okay. But, um, But God, you know... His plan for me was not just to make straight A's, you know, nothing. I didn't fail in his purpose for me from doing that. But sometimes we put those things in such high pedestals that our focus goes from God wasn't faithful. You know, we think God wasn't faithful to us, but really like we had this goal that wasn't a God goal. It just really wasn't. Um, And so I always tell people this, you can't change God's will. You're not that powerful. You can't do it. You cannot do it. And so those are those are two things. And then there's one more thing. Okay, so sometimes understanding the faithfulness of God comes from, um, what's the first thing, was um, understanding your assurance of your salvation, okay? Sometimes that can help. Sometimes um, refocusing your priorities and understanding that God just desires you to follow Him and that sonship is your destiny, not, not your major, not your future career. And then the last thing I want to say is my favorite part, which is about the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the Holy Spirit helps us acknowledge that God's faithfulness is unchanging. Okay, because the Holy Spirit, um, it's mentioned as a down payment. Do any of y'all know anything about a down payment yet? It's a, down payments are like, you know, it's like you, you kind of, you, you get, yeah, you have the car, you're driving the car, but you don't have the full title to the car quite yet. Okay, or the house or whatever you got, okay? But, but God has given us a really good down payment. I mean, a really, really good one, right? But what's cool about that is, you know, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you have those mountaintop experiences, that's just a glimmer. That's just a down payment of what God intends for you. So his faithfulness is 
is so big. Um, but so the, the same God um, and the same spirit that protected Daniel in the lion's den and the same God and the same spirit that parted the waters um, and the same God and the same spirit that created earth, right? Like literally, it's that same spirit that saved you and went from death to life. And I think sometimes we just forget about that. I know this might seem like elementary, but literally, right? I mean, God has just been so faithful to us and um, he seals us for all of eternity. So I think sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks through other people to us. And so, um, I don't know, do you guys have friends that are faithful believers who help strengthen your faith? I would hope that everybody's shaking their head because you're a part of this group. And I really feel like just from being in this room for an hour or whatever, I do. I sense that, um, that the spirit is near to each of you and that, and that you encourage and strengthen each other in, in this. And so, um, but our, our, my call to action after all is said and done is to remember God's faithfulness to you by his word. Okay. So we just went over 14 verses. That's it in the Bible that really just talks about your salvation and how you were chosen and how God knew you um, were, were going to be drawn to him. Um, so I just encourage you guys to continue digging into scripture. Sometimes we think um, when we're lacking that faith um, in God, that we have to quote exact memory verses. And I will say that is great. Who's really good at memory verses? Raise your hand. I'm putting my hand down because it's bad. It's so, so bad. I'm really bad at it. Um, but we can still remember God, the theme and the story of God in those things. So if you're having a moment of weakness in your faith, you can still say, Lord, just like you protected Daniel in the lion's den, protect me. You don't have to know those exact verses, right? You know the theme and you know what God is um, doing in those verses. So I just encourage you guys to still dig into the word. And, and that's how I feel like we really are going to be strengthened in um, understanding the unchanging um, faithfulness of God.